It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anson, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? What's up, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker with you on a Friday. Weekend is here. The start of high school football is here. Utah State Family Fun Day. The first scrimmage for the fans is tomorrow. So a lot to get through today to recap that and, and preview, really, what's coming up. Uh, big day throughout uh, throughout the state of Utah, the start of high school football. I know it seems earlier than normal, but it's here. It's happening. We've got a couple of teams down south. We've got uh, a number of teams here, teams playing in unfamiliar venues. But uh, we'll run through that one more time, who's playing where, how you can follow along uh, as well. We're going to reveal number six on our list of top 25 Aggies for this upcoming season. Uh, Who's that going to be? And uh, should he be higher? Do you feel he is in an appropriate location? And some, some big news breaking just before we came on the show today, Jason. Yeah, I was getting ready to finalize my notes, pull up Twitter, and well... There's a surprise. <laughs> Hello there. Yeah, uh, Chris Haynes reporting for Yahoo Sports, reporting that uh, free agent sharpshooter. Yeah, some very uh, friendly language there like, from, from Chris Haynes. I like the uh, the lead up here. But free agent sharpshooter Sam Merrill has signed a deal with an NBA team. He's been in the wind a little bit. He played for the Bucks his rookie year. Ended up going to was traded to Memphis. Um, didn't really get a lot of time there. Hurt his ankle. Didn't get much play, and then got cut. And so he's there's been some uncertainty about Sam Merrill. We know he's signing with an NBA team, and uh, we may have some uh, with what's going on with the Jazz right now. Which gives you a clue, it's not the Jazz. But with, <laughs> yeah, not with jazz. what's going on with the Jazz and what's going on with this other team, there may be a new uh, growing fan base in northern Utah for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. We've already got the Timberwolves who are drawing some Jazz fans away as they follow Gobert. Aggie fans, just like they may be starting to latch on to the Green Bay Packers, who have, I believe, three former Aggies. Uh, the Sacramento Kings now have two former Aggies on their team right now. Um, the one detail I want to find out that wasn't in the initial report, maybe it's come out in the 20 minutes since that uh, tweet was sent, or maybe half hour, is I want to know what kind of contract it is because I'm almost certain it's one of those Exhibit 10 contracts. The training camp deal that then gives them rights to sign him to the G League team if they end up cutting him before the beginning of the season. that's I'm pretty sure that's what it is, but uh, we can always hope that it's maybe a one-year you know, full roster deal. It, it's it's going to be a non-guaranteed contract. It's going to be something where the Kings can cut them loose easily if they want to. But obviously, 
an actual contract is better than an Exhibit 10 contract, which just about guarantees you're not actually going to be on the roster. You're just going to go to their G League team. Right, yeah, and there's not a lot of detail that, that's given from Chris Haynes just yet. Again, this just he just reported this within the last 30, 45 minutes. Uh, but a, a number of deals that are being announced right now this time of year are mostly for those Exhibit 10 or you're going to be a two-way player, you're going to be on their – make it to their veteran roster camp – but you're likely playing the G League for that franchise. Yeah. But at least we know where Sam Merrill is headed. And he's he's given he's being given a shot. And that uh, he still has an opportunity to make his way onto an NBA roster. Yeah, you want to be able to play here in America if you can cuz it's it's a step close to being able to make it to the NBA. You know, if you're in Europe then it can be really tricky to just make the jump from Europe to the NBA. There's very few players who do that. Um there's some who do, but usually once you go over to Europe, you're staying there. Unless you're, you know, you're an up and coming young prospect, then you know you end up jumping and you go into the draft. But it it'll be nice to see Sam Merrill getting to play, hopefully with the G League team, uh, maybe, and he'll be reunited with Miyashketa. Um They played well before. Yeah, and they're probably going to end up playing on the same G League team, the uh, Stockton Kings, I believe, is their G League affiliate. So. If Sam Merrill ends up ending on the G League team, then Nimish Keta on the two-way, he'll spend most of his time with the G League team with some call-ups to the NBA, obviously. It's kind of a roster-filled depth piece. Or hopefully actually playing, but that just depends. So we could end up seeing some Sam Merrill, Nimish Keta action once again uh, on the basketball court. Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, it, it may be a bit of a challenge for him to see significant playing time just with what Sacramento is trying to do with, with their roster. But um, he has proven that he can come in and shoot the three pretty well. Just love to see him be more consistent with that. Um, but uh, we, when he's healthy, you know, he can help a team out. So we, you know, with, with Milwaukee, there was a lot of talent on that team, and they were gunning for a national title, and they got it. Yeah. So it was hard for him to get minutes on a roster like that. Then he goes to Memphis. They're developing young players, but maybe he has a shot to get into the mix there too, and just really didn't. And then he got his ankle injury, and and those can be tough to recover and and come back from. But um, Sacramento, good for them, giving him a shot. Yeah, certainly it's possible maybe he breaks through. It it may only take a game or two if if he gets a chance on the NBA roster, which it's tricky to see a path to him getting that. Um. You know, moving up from the G League to the full roster, it might be in the form of signing a two-way contract, um, which would be really interesting to have Nimish Keta and Sam Merrill on two-way contracts with the same team. Yeah, if he gets that chance, maybe there's some injury issues with the Kings and they have to end up calling up Sam Merrill, then maybe he can come out and have a few big games because that's, that's what it would take. Have a few games where he goes, you know, four of five from three, you know, five of six from three, you know, just those big scoring games where he's able to show his value, that sharp shooting ability, and then, you know, be comfortable enough on defense. Basically try and become Duncan Robinson. That's kind of what you'd hope he'd show that he has that potential. Right. If you can be a specialist, but uh, but don't be a liability. Yeah. And that's the key is not be too much of a liability. And, you know, a team like the Kings sometimes – 
you can have lower end players shine because who else is doing that? So bad teams is where certain young players can make an impact where, you know, with the, with the bucks, where was he going to shine in garbage minutes? He can't really do that. Whereas you look at, you know, the year where golden state was really bad. Eric Pascal did really well. Jordan Poole did really well. That's in kind of making their NBA careers, especially Jordan Poole. And so you'd hope that Sam Merrill can maybe do the same with the Kings team that's not going to be very good this year. Yeah, and I'm just looking at their current <coughs> roster as it's uh, for this upcoming season, which looks like it may not be totally filled out just yet, but mostly there. Um, not a lot of uh, shooting guards, per se. Uh, so there may be an opportunity there for Sam to come in and carve out a role for himself. Yeah, if there's some room on the wings for a guy, you know, if you need shooting in a lineup, plug him in. You know, there's not much else that he's going to significantly contribute at the NBA level at this point. Um, he's decent at passing, but, you know, maybe not super good as far as the NBA, uh, as, as far as NBA level. But he can shoot it at a really good NBA level, being an above average shooter. So that's the thing he can contribute. Throw him into a lineup where you need that and let him go. Uh, five three three eight on our full court press text line. I can hear it now. Instead of Stockton to Malone, it'll be Merrill to Ketta. There'll still be Stockton in there. It'll be the Stockton Kings. <laughs> Initially, you'd Initially. hope that eventually it'd be the Sacramento Kings. But well, and and Nimi Nimi had a great summer. Yeah, he did. Great summers don't always translate to. Great NBA minutes. Sometimes they do, um, but uh, but sometimes they don't. Um, you're you're getting a lot of minutes for a reason, and uh, but but look, he he took advantage of those minutes and the opportunity that was presented to him, and he was one of the the real bright spots of summer uh, league for the NBA. Not just for the Kings, but he was a real uh, real performer uh, throughout various different places where he played. So he may have given himself a greater opportunity to play and get more minutes for Sacramento. Yeah, he, he turned heads. He turned heads in the medium with fans, hopefully with the coaching staff, and it felt like that because he ended up getting pulled. You know, the it's almost it's really a good thing when you get pulled from Summer League. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because it means you're playing too good for us to risk you in this Summer League game. And so they ended up pulling him along with uh, a couple of other guys. At least I think their their first round pick this year they pulled him too. Um, I forget his name. Keegan Murray. Yeah, Keegan Murray. So they they pulled him and Keta. So yeah, because it's like look, we we see what you can do. Yeah, we still need to figure out what these other guys can do. So why don't you sit down? We're gonna give them more run to give them a shot to give us more film on them and see what they can do in various situations. So you're right, late in the summer league, he didn't play much, but uh, that's actually a good thing. Yeah, and the real barrier at this point for Ketta is the fact that he's still on a two-way. You know, it's restrictive in the number of games you can play, and they're going to want to be wise about you not, you know, not playing him too much. But ultimately, if he plays, he can play his way out of a two-way contract. If he plays good enough, then they just say, all right, we can't have you on this anymore. We're going to sign you to an actual deal. And that happens. Uh, it happened to uh, Trent Forrest with the Jazz, although they ended up not re-signing him. So I don't know if that's a yeah. good example or not. But it, it is possible um, 
for Keta to play his way out of that. And his great play in Summer League is at least a good first sign of that possibility. Right, showing versatility, not just a shot blocker, uh, you know, rim protector, a, a guy that can get a bucket from different spots on the floor and even stretch the floor. Hitting that three-point shot. Yeah, know, well, I don't know how consistent or how regular that would be for Keta, but if you're a big man who at least ha- can display that you have that in your quiver, then uh, it, it's going to make team executives think, well, maybe we should give this guy a little bit more time and give him a little bit more of an opportunity rather than somebody who can only man the post. Yeah, he's uh, he's got the mid-range in his quiver. The three-pointer, that's something that if he manages a long career, he could maybe nail down by the time he's 30, which step one for him is to not be out of the league by the time he's 26. So, you know, having that mid-range, having a bit of a post game, for him it's mostly going to be rim-running, he needs to make sure he's doing that, make sure he's finishing uh, around the rim, which can be surprisingly tricky for young bigs to do. You know, you got these guys, you know, kind of seven foot with seven five wingspan, and there are other guys who have those measurables, and they somehow can't finish around the rim. It's really weird how that'll happen sometimes to young yeah. bigs. And so he needs to make sure that doesn't happen to him, especially when he gets to the NBA. Don't go in and have a game where you go 0 for 4 and you missed four layups. You know, don't have those games. Make sure you're finishing efficiently, finishing the pick and roll, you know, go through all the motions, setting the good screens, rolling well. Obviously, a rim protect since that's his strength. And then make sure you're rebounding well. If he's able to do those things, that's the start of him being a rotation big because that's everything you want out of a big, at least the most basic everything you want out of a big. Rebound, rim protect, set some good screens, finish the ball when you're next to the basket. And, and from there, he can grow out and maybe expand. True. Learn from DeMontis Sabonis, who's very good all over the floor. Yeah, passing. His side, <laughs> his size. Uh, but, and, and to be an advocate, right? Be an advocate for Sam. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got to keep him on here. I, I can't do an Amish kind of impression. <laughs> I don't have a deep enough voice for that. Or a Portuguese accent. No, not that either. <laughs> Uh, all right, so big news for Sam Merrill. Aggie f- basketball fans excited everywhere as we're they're starting to get the word uh, that uh, Sam Merrill has signed a, a deal. We don't know the terms of the deal, but Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports reporting that Sam Merrill has reached an agreement with the Kings. That's all we know. We don't know if it's a, a G League invite, if it's just for the veteran camp, or if he has a roster spot with the Sacramento Kings. That's not quite known just yet, but uh, he is going to be there in their organization and have an opportunity to continue to play and to potentially get more minutes on an NBA floor. So exciting news for Sam Merrill and for Utah State basketball. Um, Nimi had a great uh, summer and uh, impressed a lot of people there. Now, does he get a ton of minutes? You know, I I don't know. You know. He's he's behind a couple other bigger guys on that roster, but uh, he certainly showed out in the summer and showed that he has some versatility. And uh, well, he had a couple of games where he had like four blocks. Granted, it's summer league and it's just glorified pickup basketball. Yeah. But uh, Nimi showing that he can do a lot of things that uh, can can make a, a high value for a player in an NBA roster today. 
And like I said, he can do the things that if he gets on the floor, you know, can earn him minutes. As I said, just the basics. Because, you know, when you're a guy who's getting drafted in the second round or even undrafted, if you do those things, you have a chance to make a roster. You look at Royce O'Neal. Undrafted by the Jazz, but he played defense and could shoot threes. That's what they needed him to do. That's what he did. It earned him a roster spot. It earned him some rotation minutes. Turned him into a starter. Then they trade him for a first-round pick. That, that's quite a ways to go for an undrafted guy. And it's because he did the basics. You, know, you can't, you know, if he was some guy that was some, you know, like high-volume post score that was limited on defense. Imagine Luca Garza, you know, was the College Player of the Year Naismith Award winner. But he struggled in the NBA because he couldn't do some of those basics. He was a spectacular right. post scorer, but he couldn't do a lot of those things that you need out of an NBA big, the rebounding, uh, the rim protection, things like that. Keta can do those things, so, so it gives him a chance. doesn't guarantee him, but it gives him a chance. And with Sam Merrill, here's a guy who started as a freshman. And so he he proved that he you know, is a great player from very early on in his Utah State career. He really grew when he had that uh, when when opposing teams couldn't just focus on what was going on beyond the arc. When there was a solid player in the post, it was a pick your poison situation for teams trying to face the Utah State Aggies. Do you try to lock up Keta and uh, bog things down to the low post? Well, if you do that, you're going to have a guy on the outside stick it in your eye for three points. Well, if you try to just throw your efforts out on the perimeter, just get it down to the big guy, down to the low post, and he's going to make find ways to, to get it in that way. So uh, the, the two of them really benefited from the, their, each other's skill sets. Now, can Sam continue to improve upon that and uh, play good perimeter defense to, uh, to, to validate being on an NBA roster? Hopefully so. Um, you know, that's... The health of coming back from an ankle injury should be able to come back from that. It's not one of those injuries that totally changes the trajectory of a of a player, but um, you know he he's been out of the game for a little bit uh, for several months and uh, needs to work his way back into it. So hopefully this is a great opportunity for him that he takes advantage of. Yes, he'll be recovering. I think uh, what I saw is that the surgery required like three to four months of recovery, um, and I think it happened back in January. So he should be several months back into form. Hopefully he's been practicing, you know, wherever he's at, just trying to stay in peak basketball form with his shooting and obviously with with his conditioning. Because he can't let that injury, if it's still nagging him, he can't let that happen. I mean, if it does happen, I guess there's not much he can do about it. But, you know, he's got to overcome that. Just hope that it's not still nagging him because he's got to be at his best. He can't let up at all on defense, and then obviously he's got to perform on offense. He can't let the ankle hurt like his shooting motion. If it's nagging him when he's shooting, then it's pretty much game over if that ankle is, is still uh, is still hurting him. Yeah, but when you look at that Sacramento roster as it looks right now, I don't know that I look at that roster and see sharpshooters. Um, I mean, Kevin Herter, Darren Fox... Yeah, little but bit, I, not so much a sharpshooter, but bit. partially because of the types of shots he takes. Yeah, but I think he's well below league average from three. But I don't really see that. That's a team that's. I, I 
basically what I'm saying, I see a team here that, that needs what he can provide. Yeah, and that's probably why he's been given uh, a camp deal is to see if he can compete with the likes of, you know, a Terrence Davis, a Malik Monk, and all that, who are going to be in that, you know, shooting guard, you know, wing rotation, kind of that same spot Merrill's going to be in. You know, they're going to find out, is the shooting of Merrill more important than what Terrence Davis brings, which is a little more hard-nosed, some defense and whatnot. Uh, more athletic, obviously. Malik Monk, bit of a scorer um, and a bit of a shooter, more so than Sam Merrill, at least the scoring, you know. So we'll see. Um, they're going to test those two things and say, all right, which one do we value more? The shooting of Sam Merrill, which we don't have much else on the roster, or what they currently have. Yeah, but uh, still exciting news for Sam Merrill and Aggie fans. Not only just to see Sam Merrill get uh, a, a contract worked out. We don't know the terms of it, but to get some deal worked out with another NBA franchise. But doubly exciting that he's paired up with one of his great teammates in the Miyashketa in Sacramento. All right, uh, take a time out here in the Full Court Press. When do we come back? Number six on our list of top 25 Aggies. This is where it gets really exciting, as we've talked about. Getting into the top ten, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> you, you better be able to defend your position as to why one player is higher than another. But uh, we're getting to number six, and I, I love this player and what he brings pretty close to where I had him. But we'll discuss who that is and reveal next here on the Full Court Press coming up in about three and a half minutes from now. Valvoline Knits and Oil Change is open every day of the week, even on Sundays. So if you're busy with back-to-school stuff, uh, you've got other, you know, run into extracurricular activities, work, whatever. And if Sunday is your only day where you have a little extra free time, Valvoline Instant Oil Change is open at 695 North Main. Quick, clean, and easy, just how it should be when it comes to getting your oil change. So stop in today or really any day this week. This is your town, home to your family, friends, and neighbors. Makes you feel grateful. You live here, work here. Do you shop here? If everyone here shopped somewhere else, the dollars would stop flowing and businesses would struggle. People would move away and this community would be very different. Think about that whenever you need something. It's probably available right here. And with every purchase from an area business, you make this community stronger, more vibrant, more of what you love. Thanks for shopping locally. The Cache Valley Media Group encourages everyone to support our local businesses. It's our friends and neighbors who run our local businesses, the heartbeat of our community. They give Cache Valley its distinct personality. Those same businesses employ more people per dollar of revenue. Put your money where your heart is and shop Cache Valley. Learn more at cachevalleymediagroup.com. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Your team's in the locker room ready to get out there and play to win. But you see a player you don't recognize. They're wearing your jersey and even know your coach's name. But who are they? Would you let this stranger look at your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing attacks work. 
In 2020, the number of phishing attacks against businesses doubled compared to the previous year. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Yes, tonight is the start of high school football. We'll run through the schedules later on in the show. And we will continue to hit this, drive this home. The Logan High game is a home game, but will not be played on Crimson Field. It will be at Green Canyon. So do not go to Logan. If you're trying to watch the Logan Grizzlies, go to North Logan to watch the Logan Grizzlies. If you go to Logan, you can watch some construction equipment sit there for two hours. <laughs> I don't know if that's that'll be as exciting dry. as. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if they've even poured it yet. They're supposed to be pouring it in the early morning hours. Kind of a, had a little bit of a news story on that because they were coming at like four or five in the morning. To start. I don't know how they pass regulations to do that, but somehow. I don't know. They they get stuff they done. They convince somebody. They they move these like giant pillars for construction construction they were doing down on like 300 south or three or 400 south some like some project they're working on i, I don't remember all the details just some oh for that bridge yeah the bridge in, yeah on no, 600 south 600 south okay just a, uh, a few blocks further <laughs> south i just knew it was <laughs> they were having to like shut down traffic get these massive things through i didn't even actually see them i just heard somebody else tell oh, me they about were, them they were massive yeah they were so, big yeah, they, they they usually get that kind of thing done. Of course, they do it for rich people too. So like, there was one guy who came through my hometown with like a a boat, and they had to move a bunch of power lines to you know let him through. Just to get his boat through. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, well, what's not embarrassing is uh, our top twenty-five Aggies of twenty twenty-two. This has been a lot of fun going through this in our uh, kind of march towards the start of Utah State football, counting down, getting closer. And uh, really highlighting the athletes that are in Utah State Aggie uniforms this year and who are the impact players. And so now we're into the top ten, and today we reveal number six on our list to help us do it, Hall of Famer Al Lewis. Number six on our Cash Valley Media Group's list of the top 25 Aggies for this season is Byron Vaughns, the defensive end. He's a junior from Fort Worth, Texas, and he transferred to Utah State from Texas where he played 10 games down there. Feels like he never had a chance to play there. Last year, as the season went on, more and more of a contributor, and he was the Mountain West Championship game defensive MVP. An explosive player. He can make plays off the edge, wants to be a better guy as far as strength and stopping the run inside. He wants to be a guy who I think can be a real leader on this Aggie defensive team. Number 11 on the roster, Byron Bonds is number six on our list of Aggies for this year. 
Uh, Byron Vaughn's at number six. I actually had him at number four. Uh, pretty close where he ends up here. But um, here's a guy who played in pretty much every game, started the last five, and as we've been saying many different times and in many different ways, he was part of that defense that got better and better as the season went on. And part of the reason that defense was more impactful is because of guys like Byron Vaughns, who he himself got healthier and uh, understood the defense more and absolutely affected opposing offenses and got after it. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned him coming on late last season. Uh, I was looking it up, and over the last seven games of the season, he had eight and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks. On the season, he had 11 tackles for loss and four and a half sacks. Uh, had about the same number of tackles before and after that kind of cutoff point, which was it was like just after the Colorado State game, so Hawaii and onward. But pretty much all of his impact plays, sacks and, and TFLs, you know, those kind of big plays where you're being an impact player, that was coming later in the season when he was helping the defense really realize its true potential for the most part. Yeah, he as a defensive end, he had six passes knocked down, which tied for first on the team. He had four sacks, maybe four and a half sacks, which was second on the team. Ten and a half tackles for loss, which is third on the team. And that was on a... a a good uh, defensive pressure team with other guys who were very experienced around him. And he only started five games. So when he was in, he was making an impact and grew in his role. And he's just getting better. One of the other things that I really like Byron Vaughn's why I put him high on my list is the, besides just the physical traits, six foot four, 225 pounds. He's a, he's a big body he's fast, but his personality he's a he's a very vocal leader and has energy that is infectious for his teammates yeah, and for a team that lost several big leaders that's you know him and in holly are probably gonna be two of the biggest leaders i mentioned yesterday when we were talking about holly he's gonna be one of the big leaders well he's right next to vaughn's or maybe they'll be slightly offset depending on where they where they line up their formations you're gonna have two of your biggest leaders on that defensive line and they're both guys who will produce when you look, we talk about the last half of the season, how Vaughn's was doing. You get a full season of that. You know, that's borderline the numbers that Nick Henniger was putting up, where he had like 20 or 20 and a half tackles for loss. And I believe he also led the team in sacks. I, I don't have that in front of me. Or maybe I do. Let's see if I can look it up really quick. Uh, yeah, uh, eight sacks for Henniger. I believe he led the team in both those categories, tackles for loss and sacks. So you look at Byron Vaughn's, you try and extrapolate that last half of the season, then he's just about where Nick Henniger was last season in terms of his production. And so we, we talk about some of the biggest losses. Henniger was one of those biggest losses in all that production, all that impact he had. So if you can suddenly replace that by saying, all right, well, Vaughn's is just going to do what Henniger did last season. That's huge because suddenly one of the biggest losses on your defense is just negated by somebody you already have. And the, he's somebody that we know can produce. Yeah, absolutely. And this that that strength of that Utah State defensive front really is one of the key strengths of this team this year. Uh, and so we've we've got a number of guys in the top ten who are on that defensive line, <laughs> defensive front. You know, Byron Vaughns comes in at number six. Hale Motuapawaka was number seven. Um, and so 
you know, that's a couple other guys who are pretty close to it. That's a that's a really big impact for what this team is about and how they developed over the year uh, over the last year. Yes, some of the the key contributors from a year ago are gone, but it, there's not like this big huge drop off because no one else is there. There are other guys who are making impacts a year ago, and they're going to step into those roles in their own way, in their own right, and uh, be a real real big part of this Utah State team this year. Yeah, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing how Vaughn's and Grishik, then you throw Patrick Joyner in there, who's obviously he's going to be able to rotate in um, to spell these guys. So you have three defensive ends who are all pretty solid. That's a great thing to have where when one of these guys needs a rest, they can come out, and you're not really dropping off in production. And so I'm really interested to see how Grishik and Vaughn's work off of each other. Vaughn's, you mentioned he's a bit of a bigger guy, has a bit more strength. Uh, Alfred Edwards kind of talked about this after the scrimmage where they're both different. Grishik's definitely the speed guy, you know, coming off the edge, using that to his advantage. And Vaughn's, longer arms, a bit more strength. Still obviously some speed like you ha- like to have most defensive ends have. But you're basically going to be having two different guys who have two different styles, and you can try and work with that. You know, see if you can scout the defensive tackles and see which one's maybe weaker against speed. Maybe this one's, you know, not as strong. Maybe he struggles with the bull rush or different things like that. And so having that kind of, you know, the the versatility and the being multiple, all the buzzwords, you kind of have that at your defensive end positions. You can try and use that to your advantage. So that's Byron Vaughns. He's number six on our top 25 Aggies for 2022. Uh, You like the placement? Uh, do you think he's too high or not high enough? 435-339-0321. Love to get your reactions and your feedback to our top 25 Aggies of 2022. Reminder that the scrimmage, their fall uh, family fun day, is tomorrow at 2. And uh, looks like weather should be okay. Really crossing our fingers. because There's a 30% my, chance of something. Yeah, my weather report's showing the little thunderstorm icon at 1 in 3. And I'm like, okay, is that just like a chance? You know, because there's a 30 to 35% chance of rain and whatnot. What percentage of that is the thunderstorm? Just really hoping we don't have to go back in the indoor facility. Hopefully we can have it outside, mostly dry. Yes. I, I really want to see the, uh, have the fans see this team, see what we have been seeing. Yeah. So that's at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Fingers crossed the weather holds. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll share some of our thoughts about the scrimmage who we uh, want to see maybe show out, uh, have a little bit better performance, bigger impact on Saturday than what we saw the last time. And based on where we are you know, seeing things go for this Utah State football team. So we'll share some of our thoughts about that. I'd uh, love to hear yours as well. If there's somebody, a, a player, or maybe even a unit, that uh, you're going to be keeping an eye on in the scrimmage um, based on what you heard from the last time, and what you'd like to see, uh, your questions you may still have about this upcoming season, 435-339-0321. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. 
Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. You want to feel important. You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. But our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more. When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it. We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors. From the mountains of Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and Utah. The deserts of Arizona and Nevada. The Pacific coasts of Washington, Oregon, and California to the wilderness of Alaska and islands of Hawaii and Guam. We are here for our hometowns. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. A diamond is forever and is perfect to represent your love. For those special occasions, give her a natural, one-of-a-kind diamond as unique as she is. Our exclusive brand, Neat and Brilliant Diamonds, is both beautiful and affordable with quarter-carat diamonds starting at $499. We have hundreds of sparkling diamonds at our Integrity Price Guarantee with financing available. An investment for generations to come, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. SC Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker getting down to a groove in here. <laughs> uh, Byron Vaughn's number six on our top 25 Aggies of 2022. Um, love to get your thoughts and uh, how you feel about Byron Vaughn's. Uh, look, there was a. It, sometimes when a player transfers from a Power Five program to Utah State, I think there's a natural inclination among fans to get really excited about it. And I understand why. But um, but sometimes it's still like worth waiting to see like are they really going to pan out here? If they struggled to make it where they were, you know, why why was that? And sometimes it's not anything against them. Sometimes it just wasn't the right fit. There were just other players that got the time. And when you get to a place like Utah State, they have that opportunity to blossom. We've seen it many 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 different times. And when Byron Vaughn's showed up, um, I was intrigued. Okay, here's a guy from TCU. Um, he's a guy that has some experience, some interesting background, highly recruited, but had a little bit of an injury. Didn't see a lot of him early on. Uh, and so I wasn't quite sure what the whole Byron Vaughn's story was. But as the season went on, I was happy to to learn about that and, and then clearly see his impact, especially in that Mountain West Conference title game. Yeah, you mentioned Power 5 guys coming in and may or may you know, they may or may not work. 
you know, broadly speaking, I, I guess there's kind of two main reasons why a player just may not work out at a Power 5 conference. One is kind of like we touched on, just not an opportunity. And that's the kind of guy you at least hope for to get to Utah State because those guys, they're hungry, they'll work hard, and then they're also talented. It's why they were at a Power 5 program to begin with. And so then they work out. Those are your COC Mariners, and, and we can go down the list. There's plenty of them yes. that have come through and done well at Utah State. Uh, the other reason is the ones who, you know, there's reasons other than not getting opportunity. Maybe they don't work as hard, or sometimes they just get injured, and that ends up just bugging them their whole career, or just reasons that generally aren't related to their opportunity. Because then that means there's a problem that will transfer over to Utah State. Because the problem is just they didn't get an opportunity. That's something Utah State will be able to solve. They give them an opportunity. If it's something else, that issue is still going to be there when he gets to Utah State, and it's still going to hinder him when he gets here. So he'll if he works through that, then great. We never find out about it. But those, those other issues are the kinds of things that will make them fail at both Power 5 and – G5 programs like Utah State. And if I may, and, and you know, with, uh, by the way, I misspoke. Byron Vaughn's came from University of Texas, not TCU. Eh, close enough. Yeah. Uh, but if, if, if I may, I think the, the player that kind of raises that question for me for this upcoming year that a lot of people are excited about, but I'm not quite sure that I'm there yet is Xavier Williams. They call him Ziggy. Um, the wide receiver from Alabama. Uh, we saw him making some great plays later in the scrimmage on Saturday last. I think he, he certainly shows that he has that skill and that, that potential. Um, I just I want to see if, you know, in a situation, in an environment like Utah State, can that really translate to, uh, this is I have an opportunity here, I'm going to take advantage of it, I can help impact the team. Yeah, we'll see, because opportunity could very well have been his problem because you look at the wide receivers that have been around Alabama since he showed up at Alabama in, like, 2018, 2019. Like, four NFLers or something like that. Four or five guys who've gone into the NFL just from Alabama, the guys in front of him. And that's tricky to overcome. You know, he can be a decent, you know, Division One college receiver. Like, most Really good wide receivers in college football would have been buried in that depth chart at Alabama. So the question is, is Avery Williams one of those, or did he just happen to be behind them and wouldn't have mattered which depth chart he was on, he would have been buried because, you know, he's not that good. That's what we're going to find out here at Utah State. Was he a hidden gem just buried behind, you know, Pro Bowl caliber, you know, prospects at Alabama? Or is he just a okay wide receiver that was buried behind Pro Bowl caliber right, <laughs> wide receiver right. talent. And, and so that's he's one of the guys that I'm going to be watching for on Saturday. Uh, I'd like to see him with uh, you know, can he be consistent? Uh, he, looked, he looked good when in his route running. Uh, he's a physical wide receiver. He's got speed. So uh, I'd just like to see how consistent that is and if he continues to grow. Uh, when I asked uh, Coach Anthony Tucker about him, he said, look, here's a guy who was out of football for almost a year and had to kind of regain that muscle memory about what to do and how to do it. And so he was pleased with the improvements that he made during the spring because at the tail end of the spring we started to see what he could do. 
And how are things going now with these routines that are in place and practices and, and getting those reps in fall practice? So he's one of those guys that I'm going to be keeping an eye on on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on him as well. Uh, he's the guy that if he's able to have as good of a you know, scrimmage as he did last time, you know, that'll go far. It'll give him a chance to work into the wide receiver rotation. Maybe he won't be one of the starters, but, you know, you tend to have four to five wide receivers who are consistently getting catches. The Aggies had, I think, at least four. You know, Justin McGriff was, like, fourth in in uh, catches, and I think, and yards, I believe. He still had 35 catches. It's a decent season. Xavier Williams may be able to have a season like that. Right. And, and that would be at least a good start for him. Because um, I believe he's got two years of eligibility. Is that right? Uh, I believe you're, uh, that's true. Yeah. So, and then maybe he could um, step it up in the in next season. We'll see. I mean, another guy I'm looking at as far as having another good scrimmage is Daniel Grishik. I want to see if he's able to continue some of that because he's a guy that maybe he could be streaky. There, there's things, you know, as much as I like him, there's things to worry about. One is that maybe he's a bit streaky as far as, you know, just being a speed guy who attacks, attacks, attacks. Some days he may just be taken out of the game. Maybe that happens this Saturday, and maybe we'll begin to worry about some consistency. Then um, there's also in the run game, can he not have a completely blown coverage on a quarterback keeper? It's probably not going to happen, but generally I'd like to see um, how he sets the edge and things like that. Um, and if he's able to have a similar, like he doesn't have to have the seven tackles for loss and five sacks. You know, for me to consider it consistent. Right. Yeah. Um, but if he has a few of each, then it's like, okay, this guy is consistently solid. Um, so, you know, Williams and Grishik are guys that I want to see do it again. Grishik seems to have already solidified his starting spot or at least a top three spot. For Williams, it's a lot more important because it means a rotation spot is on the line for him, whereas Grishik has already kind of solidified his spot. Yeah, no, totally agree. Uh, another... Uh, text coming in on our full court press text line from 9315. Remember our quarterback from a power five that didn't work? I don't know how that ended up happening. I went and looked at him. I was trying to scout him out, watch some film. Looked decent. Seemed like he had a strong arm at one point at least. I know one of his first passes he threw was a really long bomb to like, I think it was like a former high school teammate. Um, And then he comes to Utah State and he has a freaking noodle arm. Like, I don't know what happened. That was such a disaster. It was bad. <laughs> Everything about that. It was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the other things that I'm going to be watching for in the scrimmage on Saturday, uh, which I think is an ongoing thing for, for Utah State, an ongoing theme for this fall, is uh, that offensive line and its ability to help in the run game. Um, certainly there's questions about personnel, who gets swapped in and out, and who's going to be starting at what positions. But – can they create gaps? Can they create a push? Um, and will they be able to give the quarterback some time? But I, I'm i more concerned about can they create a push in the run game? Can they create gaps and uh, get the, those running backs a chance to pick up yards? Yeah, that is a key. And like I said, I'll be kind of looking that off. It's, I'll probably be spending a little more time looking at the defense. I want to. I didn't get much of a chance to look at defensive backs and linebackers. I spent a lot of time focusing on other guys. So I'm going to try and key in on this time just since I kind of ignored them last time. Um, but obviously I'll, I'll take a peek at the offensive line to see if uh, Waylon Lapuaho is still out there starting a right guard. 
maybe there's a personnel shift. We'll see. Um, Cole Motes wasn't in there in the last scrimmage. If he comes back, maybe things shift around. So I'll, I'll take a peek at that. Um, but another thing I want to see is I'd like to see some kind of a bounce back by the starting wide receivers. Very uninspiring performance in the last scrimmage, again, in limited time. Uh, specifically Kyle Van Leeuwen. You know, I was really high on him. I had him like as my second wide receiver in my you know top 25 ballot. Dude dropped two passes. One of them was right in his bread basket almost. Really easy to catch. Didn't get it. Had another drop on a slightly more difficult catch. This is a guy who, you know, as a slot receiver, they kind of tend to have a reputation of having, you know, glue on their hands. They'll catch anything that you throw over the middle. He was not that. And he needs to be that if he's going to have anything close to, you know, the the kind of production that Devin Tompkins or Brandon Bowling have. Obviously, I'm not expecting a 70, 80 to 100 catch season, but, you know, something like Brandon Bowling where he had like 59 catches, 800 some odd yards, I think. Um and at least a decent amount of touchdowns, you know, six or seven, maybe more on the high end. But the Van Leeuwen I saw in the first scrimmage wasn't that. Yeah, just can uh, how well can this team sustain a drive? Right? If it's because we saw some great deep passes work, so it's not that the wide receivers were, were totally inept. They made some great passes or pulled down some great catches, I should say. But can they help sustain a drive? And sometimes that's that those short over the middle, uh, short routes. Can they can they do that? Can they bring in the passes that are in their uh, catch radius? And there was a few too many drops last week, um, but uh, that's a fair that's a fair thing to be keeping an eye on for sure. Uh, anything you're going to be keeping an eye on? Love to hear from you. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. On our full court press text line, the scrimmage is tomorrow at two, and uh, they're, they're going to have some bounce houses and the DJ there, and there's going to be some fun activities going on. So, uh, take some time to come see what this Utah State football team is going to look like next year. Two o'clock tomorrow on Merlin Olson Field. Think they'll let me in the bounce house? Uh, I don't know how they could turn you away. <laughs> if I take my shoes off, as long as you're wearing socks, yeah, <laughs> it should let you in. <laughs> Uh, Napa Auto Parts, they sponsor the Dan Patrick Above the Noise segment, which is coming up here in just a few minutes. But uh, you can get you can stay stocked up on the things that you need for your vehicle. Uh, a variety of different types of oil that they have available. Uh, and uh, batteries, wiper blades, a lot of different parts available. And especially that Napa know-how in uh, those uh, five different locations between Preston and Providence, that's Napa Auto Parts. Monday, August 22nd, come help ignite the light with Alex Boyer as he performs a free concert at the Cache County Fairgrounds, bringing positive support to suicide prevention. Suicide affects all walks of life, backgrounds, and age demographics. Join Alex Boyer Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention to suicide prevention and a new national suicide and crisis lifeline. 988. If you think you may need help or just want to talk with someone, call 988. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome to help make this event possible. Go to CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com for concert details and donation information. The outpouring of support for this event last year was unbelievable. Business and individual donations are vital for the 2022 event. Join Alex Boyer at the Cache County Fairgrounds Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to 
CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com for concert details and donation information. That's CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com. And thank you for making this event possible. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. The long NFL contracts are dumb. But still, the point is the same. Like, you're under contract for five years. You wanted the security. Well, part of the security with a five-year contract, part of the security with a four-year contract, part of the security is those are the years you're under contract. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Uh, if you want to chime in, love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. Utah State football scrimmage is tomorrow at 2 o'clock. High school football starting tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll run through the schedules coming up next hour. Who's playing where, how you can follow along. Uh, that's all coming up uh, soon here on the Full Court Press. So stay tuned for that. Um, but... Uh, Shortly, we mentioned uh, or at the top of the show, Sam Merrill signing a, a deal. We don't know the terms of the agreement, but Sam Merrill is getting some kind of an agreement with the Sacramento Kings, reunited with one of his former teammates, with Nimi, uh, Nimiish Keta there at Sacramento. But uh, the Utah Jazz have also signed a new player. We've been teasing this for a while, but we haven't had a chance to really get into it. But the uh, Jazz announcing just the other day, that they've uh, they're, they're adding Paris Bass or is it Bass? I don't know. B A S S. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't actually I pronounce didn't it either way. Say. I've been saying Bass. I would assume it's Bass. Um, I can't remember where he's from. Uh, but he's he played most recently for the South Bay Lakers. That's the G League team for the Lakers. He's six foot eight, two hundred pounds. With that team, he averaged 17.5 points, 7.5 boards. He does have some NBA playing experience. Uh, appeared in two games for the Suns on a 10-day contract. Didn't do a whole lot there. Averaged three points, two boards. Um, he did play for the Lakers on their summer league team. But uh, he's played overseas. Uh, he was the basically the top professional league that's available in Puerto Rico. But he played bas- college basketball at Detroit Mercy. That's a, in the Horizon League. So Jazz adding a, a bigger guy on their roster. But it uh, sounds like this is one of those Exhibit 10 deals. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. Um, it, was an, it was an Exhibit 10 deal. This is the guy 6'7", six, 6'8", six, depending on who you ask. Um, you know, Again, big body of forward. Probably would end up best as a stretch four. That would be his ideal because he's probably not athletic enough to be a small forward. No, that was, I mean, when a guy coming out of a league like the Horizon League, the knock usually is, oh, they got nice size and some skills, but they're not athletic. That's him. You know, he averaged 18 points in college. Did well there, but in the the NBA is just a different game. But so, you know, if he's big enough to play small or power forward, then some of that athletic, some of those athletic issues kind of go away. Um, that's not his athletic or quick position. 
Um, shooting wise, he's a bit under what you'd like, you know, low 30s, close to that 35, 36, uh, but obviously some improvements for him. Yeah, and I think that if the Jazz are spending time on getting a guy like that, it just further signals a rebuild for the franchise. That's yep. right. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski has remained persistent that veteran quarterback Jacoby Brissett will be the starter in Deshaun Watson's absence. That may not be the case anymore. Commissioner Goodell has made it clear the league is looking for a full-year suspension for Watson. The Browns have a win-now roster, and the team still has the most cap space in the NFL. That could open the door for San Francisco quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. It was reported yesterday Cleveland would consider trading for the quarterback if Watson is suspended for the entire year. And when you think about it, the two sides teaming up could benefit everybody. Cleveland's cap space would allow San Francisco to dump Garoppolo's contract. The Browns would receive a proven quarterback with no guaranteed money after this year. And Garoppolo could resurrect his career with a talented Browns offense. Will the QB be a difference maker in a Super Bowl run? Maybe not, but when you look at the benefits for all the parties involved, the Niners may have found a perfect suitor for their struggling quarterback. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 